0: What's up, guys? Just another typical hot ass day in Australia. I just took my dog to the vet because you know she's getting old and starting to have problems. That's just the way life is, right? Anyways, thought I'd take advantage to finally record this intro for the podcast. And just before I get into it, which I know you guys have been waiting for for a very long time, and I want to thank you guys for being so patient with it. And it's funny because me and Adam actually recorded a podcast back when we first collaborated when I went to Canada, but We go into the podcast but obviously it didn't happen and now here we are. Now just before I get into it, I want to mention a few things. First of all, we do have an audio version of this podcast because I know a lot of people have been complaining like, oh man, you should release this on iTunes because uh, I would like to listen to it while working and, uh, you know, doing errands around the house. Well... If you just check the description box, you would see that there's an audio version of every single podcast that has been released on YouTube so far. But it's fine. I guess I should just start verbalizing it because not everyone checks the description box. So yeah, we have an iTunes version. If you're an Android person, go check out my website, yourmatetom.com. But if you want to help your mate Tommy go up in the iTunes podcast charts, then feel free to give us a five-star rating, you know? That'd be nice. I would like to thank our sponsors. Uh, Wait, we have no sponsors yet, hmm. But we are working on it. Something else I want to announce, just in case you didn't get the notification. uh, We have created a private Discord server, which I'm so excited about. If you don't know what Discord is, uh, I'm not the best person to explain it, so you'd have to Google it. But in a nutshell, this platform is a great way for us to connect and grow this community. So if you do want to connect with me on a deeper level, then definitely go check out Discord. I'm a lot more active over there and also it's gonna be a great opportunity for us to workshop ideas together, right? So you can actually be a part of the creative process, which I'll announce very soon to you guys who are in the Discord server. But yeah, I don't wanna rant on about it too much longer, but if you do wanna join our Discord server, just go to our Patreon and you'll see it's one of the perks and there will be a link to our private server key, which you can join and we can have the good times. But the only thing I really have to plug so far is merch. Get merch, like this cool third-eye Uh Wasn't that the greatest commercial you've ever heard in your life? Don't you just want to throw your money at me? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting hot and delirious now. This, this car is a hot box. So I'm going to have to keep this short. But anyways, go check out the merch store. I'm sure you'll find something that you'll like. Also supports the channel and the podcast. So yeah, win-win. Anyways, to our next guest, who really needs no introduction. Adam from Psych Substance has built quite a name for himself. And he recently reached 1 million subscribers, which is absolutely insane. I remember being subscribed to him when he was like at 10,000 subscribers. Man, it's definitely been a wild journey. And yeah, I'd just like to sincerely express my gratitude for this relationship because Adam's been a great, uh, not only a great mentor, especially during the beginning stages of my YouTube journey, but a great friend. You know, we've definitely had. Some interesting times together, to say the least. You guys are going to absolutely love this podcast, trust me. So stay tuned, especially to the end. This podcast was recorded on the very last day of our South Island New Zealand trip. And it's funny because I haven't been sick in many months. And I ate something that I shouldn't have eaten. And I got ill, right? And I started even having early symptoms of the flu. And, you know, getting hot and cold flushes and the whole shebang. So I was in a bit of predicament and I wasn't going to let this... Opportunity slip and I wanted to be at least normal. I didn't want to be like I seriously was not in a good place Because of how sick I was so I needed something to bring me back from the dead and operate on somewhat of a functional level So I did take a very small dose of vinance, which is one of Adam's ADHD medications Personally, I do not like taking stimulants like even drinking a cup of coffee makes me buzz off my tits and I don't take it very often But you know they do have their place. And this is one of those times. So if we do seem a bit amped up and like we're talking over each other, this would be one of the reasons, but also because we're in a rush to give the room back. Because this, you know, we were using a room that wasn't ours. It was really late. And plus we recorded a video on Adam's channel. If you haven't checked it out, talk about my psychedelic trauma. I'll leave a link in the description box below. But that took longer than expected. So yeah, we were in a bit of a rush. It was late at night. We had a... Phew, just a crazy couple of weeks of just constant traveling and it was exhausting but i wouldn't change it for the world i had an absolute amazing time and i will be releasing uh like an adventure vlog eventually uh, i just got to scrape up some time together and get it organized anyways guys thanks to all of those who have stuck around so far um, and i want to thank adam one more time for joining this podcast i definitely want to do one again in the future, as much as I'd love to do another in-person podcast, which is my favorite format, I currently do not have the funds to just fly to Canada whenever I want. So I guess we're going to have to compromise with a Skype session, which, you know, it's okay. It's not the same, but it's definitely better than nothing. But anyways, let us know in the comment section below if you want this to happen and if you have any other future guest requests. But enough rambling. If you want to support the podcast, check the links in the description box below. But aside from that, enjoy, and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, guys. All right, guys, I'm here with Adam. This is a long awaited podcast, and we are in New Zealand. We actually just recorded a video about talking about my traumas with uh, ayahuasca and a boga. So, I'm going to question you on your traumatic experiences. I've done
1: like a clothing change, so it looks like it's a totally different video. Obviously, I've brought my traditional hat just for this podcast. Yeah. And like, it was good though. It was like a therapy session. Like we we
0: went, the we video pre- we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We went yeah, it was really good. deep.
1: I mean, it was we went so deep that Tom grabbed a glass of wine yeah. after we chatted because <laughs> there was some parts I'm like oh, this is really personal but I'm like ah fuck it why not because you gotta do it you gotta do it yeah, yeah to be relatable <laughs> <laughs> put yourself out there yeah, on the line exactly. the thin tightrope line that no one else wants to walk that if you fall you come cascading down towards your yes. death put yourself on that line yeah. it's, it's a good one because when one. you make it across it's like what
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think like you're all gonna die in the end anyway like you're not gonna be in your deathbed like oh I should have opened up about that thing years yeah, ago Like no,
1: totally so it's always good Probably. to think on the on your deathbed. I don't um, know why I'm so
0: puffed out. I was like walking around before. Yeah, we
1: are in New Zealand, even though you can't tell by this room. This is the tail end of our trip. It's a great time for doing this podcast because,
0: yeah,
1: well, we've just been together for like almost two weeks straight, which is cool because obviously all the uh, you know borders and boundaries are down. We're just relaxing. It's not like a usual podcast where you don't really know each other. Yeah. But also, this is happening in the midst of all this YouTube shit where it's yeah, like it's our channels are threatened. I've had to private... Um, at first it was 40 videos. I think I unprivated some. I think I might be around 35, 30, you... <laughs> 30 to 35 videos privated now. Did you realize that you're like, maybe I'm overreacting,
0: but no. maybe not.
1: No, I wasn't yeah. overreacting. Uh, the ones that I, I, I see, this is just privated. Others I age restricted. Right. I've age restricted tons. Um, which pretty much just, it was like YouTube suicide. I mean, I deleted, well, privating and deleting is the same thing. The viewer can't see it. It looks like That's it's true. gone. Yeah. Um, I privated, my some of my most viewed videos. Actually, I did private my most viewed mm. video, which was still responsible for something like six to 8,000 views a day. So just completely negating those views means yeah. that I'm going to take uh, a view cut. Like yeah, You were on a whole other level.
0: Because I did the same thing too, but it's like, you know, I just private it like maybe a handful. The way I saw it is either oh, I private
1: yeah. it now and face a hit. Yeah. Like, you Don't know,
0: delete it though because... Unfortunately, what CJ Kid did is that he deleted his mm-hmm. psychedelic-related video, so then he couldn't appeal the strike because YouTube can't see the video. Oh no! So then, if he gets more strikes with the videos that he oh, deleted, yeah, no,
1: always private. Private people yeah. are afraid to private because they think YouTube can still strike them. Um, they can't if the video hasn't been reported yet. Um, anyway, I'm gonna. I don't want to go too far into this. That's not the topic of the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying this is to give you like a general idea of our mood. Um, actually, our mood in general is I. Did a 13-kilometer hike today up two mountainsides uh, <laughs> that I t- take a boat to get to. And it is now, what time is it on that computer? 10.30 p.m. 1030. Uh, I've driven for hours, as usual. It's the trip. <laughs> and um, I'm pretty exhausted. We're both pretty exhausted, so I'm drinking a coffee. Today. And isn't it funny,
0: though? Like, not, I'm not going to keep going on the whole YouTube thing because we've made videos on it. But it's like, later that day, we got like clipped by a van. And what we were, was that before? It was after. And we neither we're of us. Were, we're already in a, like a, a panicky mood because we had to park by the side of the freeway just to get reception to send an SOS. But S- again, S- someone
1: help. else was driving. So it wasn't like we were <laughs> panicked and then we were driving bad. No. Um our friend that, you know, doesn't really totally get this stuff was driving. There was a bike. Yeah. On the side of the road, like a pedal bike, and someone coming the other direction was trying to go around the pedal bike on a turn. So they didn't even see us. So they're like half in their lane, half in our lane. On a mountain road that has no... There's no corner to veer off to if you have to dodge someone. There's just the road and then the cliff. So we had to, like, dodge them somehow, miraculously, in a freaking van. Mm. And, and swerve around. And they actually clipped us. Their mirror clipped our mirror. So we did hear, hear a bang. And it was pretty scary. And I, that same day, I had to poo really bad. So we had to stop at a outhouse. <laughs> they have outhouses on the side of the highway. And just imagine how... Hygiene, like hygienic uh, friggin highway New did you Zealand feel the splashes outhouses and my poo just happened to be really solid that day and I launched like four bombs like cannonballs Cannonball, just yeah. went and the third splash hit it was like yes we hit the poo water splashed up and hit my whole butt like I mean it splashed me good so that's course. yeah that's we, we even
0: chased the guy down just beeping the whole time he wouldn't stop we have footage of all of this so I'll release it on the vlog Anyway, Eventually, long story
1: short, we had a crazy day that day. <laughs> we got those, uh, the YouTube thing like, you know, started to hit us. Um, but anyway, we're still here. I'm still doing acrobatic <laughs> in my chair. We're still here to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's
0: the last day to do it because we'll leave. we we'll are okay. going on a ferry tomorrow on oh. the north. <sighs> I actually never do this, ever. This is probably my first really? time doing this in my life. Yeah, it just looks cool. I kind of do it a lot. Maybe not that exact moment. But...
1: Anyway, <sighs> Serenity. let's just center ourselves. And uh, the funny thing about this podcast, besides all those already stated funny things that aren't really funny, they're just kind of miserable, but you can laugh at misery, is Tom's been bugging me to do this uh, since long he left my house. No, before we even collabed,
0: I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. Over eight months ago, we collabed. Yeah. and he wanted to do a podcast but before that it was like eight months
1: before that I was like okay I want to do and a podcast and then after he left I said yeah we'll I do life. the podcast we'll do the podcast and yeah. I got so busy and then life and then life. Yeah. my life has been crazy forever apparently um, so I kept saying to Tom we'll do it later we'll do it later and then it was like well we're going to be in New Zealand so a month yeah. before this I said Tom We should just do, like, an interview in New Zealand. And it's funny actually being here, sitting here, doing this podcast now, because I can really, like, project myself into the past. I remember sitting at my computer typing to you, being like, oh, Tom's not going to like this. I'm just going to suggest it. I wasn't happy. Tom, (laughs) you know, we're going to be in New Zealand (laughs) together anyway. Wouldn't it be better if we just do a live interview, rather than, like, you know, shitty Skype quality? Granted, now we're using his GoPro. Um, That's still good. 2.7K. Is this actually picking up the audio? Yeah. Look.
0: It's wow. just good to have the gain on low so it's less noise.
1: All right. It's so, all, yeah. Now we're doing the podcast. Well, anyway. In it's this much better. Well, I wanted to do it outside in the beauty of New Zealand nature, but we're in this hotel room that worked out great though, because it had these podcast chairs. Know, it's like, these are podcast chairs. Yeah. It worked out. That's why when I went in the
0: room, I'm like, this is perfect. It's yeah, better for sound as well. That's the thing. Because I know, yeah, it would be a beautiful backdrop to have nature,
1: but you can't. It would just pick up too much. Yeah. Yeah, there's not going to be much echo in here. It is a small room, but we've got all these cushions to like... Uh... Oh, pick up the echo. I'm not just acting for the camera right now. This is just yeah, <laughs> <He's> me being <laughs> He's, su- he's me. psyched. I'm psyched for this podcast. Anyway, shall we get started? Mm-hmm. Ah. So how do we begin after you drink? Your <sighs> well,
0: it's good because I just remembered that podcast that we originally recorded. I still have the footage, man. Like... We looked like a mess. I was worse because this was after my Boger experience. So I, I was remember I was like pale, f- so skinny and Your thin. Your eyes were sunken in. Yeah, you had like like baby. I looked like an like a heroin addict or me coming down.
1: Three days working on videos, not sleeping. Yeah, I and that like was that. that would
0: have literally been my first podcast as well. I was
1: like, well, this, this is going to be off with a bang. The yeah. heroin junkie presents <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Stay like... on the heroin junkie. Your heroin junkie <laughs> Tom presents. <laughs>
0: interview with the drug guy but
1: what would you call yourself would it be your mate tom the junkie or your junkie mate
0: <laughs> uh your mate tom the junkie i guess that would make most sense i
1: think your junkie doesn't have a, sounds way better it's yeah. like well, what kind of junkie you are you do you collect junk are you a hoarder <laughs> True. like what kind of junk are we talking here <laughs> that was full on
0: but it's good um it's good that we're doing we're redoing it now because it's like a lot of time has passed and I just went through, like, the most horrific, traumatic experience of my life. We just, like, Adam just interviewed me before. And it was pretty deep. Like, yeah. I went through a... So now... You know,
1: Tom's a scumbag. He wants the second I interview do. because by the time the second one hits, you, you've got the flow of conversation going. Yeah. So he gets the best footage. See how nice I am? Do you see? Is this not good enough universe? Can hey, me. Look at how
0: nice I am to people. To be... Hey, let's not forget the hot sauce challenge. Oh, that was pretty mean. See, this guy is, like, a pro hot sauce... Eater or whatever you want to call it, and because we're gonna kind of sort yeah, okay. all right, mate, that's what they all say. And then freaking, we we're doing the hot ones parody, and we're gonna take how many sauces we do? Oh, like there's, six. There's,
1: there's a video. It's called just a backtrack called 800 Units of Pain. Yeah. With your mate Tom, that video is literally just the end of the whole challenge. I yeah. just kind of cut it to the end before we had that hot sauce in that video. I didn't tell anybody. We had six hot ones already. Mm-hmm. So that's why we look like we're dying in the beginning. Yep, We're not scared. People thought we were just scared. No, no. no we actually already died. That was
0: the end of the video and I had it for nothing. And we were generous because we wanted to put like the hot ones... To shame, in a sense, like, because they didn't really put a lot. So, we were like, we're gonna put like a, we were we were put like a this hot one parody. Yeah. But then <laughs> yeah. I got
1: scared that the hot ones would see it yeah. and copyright strike me. So, I was like, instead of doing a hot ones parody, let's just film ourselves eating really hot hot sauce because no one can count, can you know, strike you for that.
0: Yeah. So, what he didn't show in that video is that the next day I was like bedridden for like, yeah, the whole day.
1: So when people say that I torture my guests and I do videos with them, it's actually true. Yeah, it's true. But not with psychedelics. Hot, hot sauce. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and a boga. <laughs> no, the boga was your choice. You your dark magic. That was your choice. Uh, of course it You're was. not putting your boga on me. No. The hot sauce you can put on me. I'll gladly okay. say that, because I definitely antagonized you, but you have the evil laugh. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. Hot sauce is just kind of funny. It's like...
0: It's, it's a bit of a psychedelic experience as well, though, you need You told me that before going into it. It's a fun ego game. It It is. is Like, I get to
1: challenge Tom to go, hey, Tom, do you think you're man enough to handle this hot sauce? Taking advantage of my Australian culture. Like, I look at Tom and I'm like, Tom likes to prove himself. (laughs) I can tell he's going to want to prove he can handle this hot sauce. And you know what? As much of an asshole as I'm portraying myself out to be, Tom did great. Like, I've seen people, like, run around in circles crying from this hot sauce. Only because I went to Mexico beforehand. He still did great. Yeah. He, He did great. Um... The funny thing about doing great is I probably influenced him in some way because he saw that I was handling it well. So in his head, he's like, Adam's handling this great. I yeah. have to too, yeah. right? Because I thought it, I was good.
0: That's the thing. I was like, oh, surely.
1: Isn't it weird how someone else
0: can influence you and in, like <sighs> to be tougher? Luckily, I didn't do the flashbang thing because you did it after. Remember?
1: It was like whatever, two million. Oh, at the end so, of the video, yeah, I did the flashbang. Three and a half si- million. Sco- it's a Yeah. And then I bought the flashbang and I've had it multiple times. And Jasmine, uh, my partner... Just bought me one even hotter than flashbang. She bought me one that was, what did you say? Eight to nine million Scoville units. I haven't tried that one yet. Not looking forward to trying that one. But anyway. Are you
0: actually going to try it though?
1: Are we just going to talk about hot sauce this whole time? Oh, why not? Hmm. Nah. This is a good podcast. I'm liking this. You know what? <laughs> That's, the thing. That's the beauty about a podcast. Man. No need to talk for about psychedelic whatever. questions. I remember. Let's just talk about It reminds me of
0: like um, Joe Rogan. He interviewed James Hetfield from Metallica. And they went 40 minutes talking about bees.
1: <laughs> and for some weird reason it was actually really interesting Tom you're turning me on to podcasts yeah, I kind of cool, want right? to do podcasts because interviews are, yeah. are so like you know structured I can tell how you like it but it's like, no, just relax man. just having a chat yeah interviews are so structured yeah. this is just a chill chat exactly I mean there is still like that pit in your head that says I must perform because there's a camera on yeah, me yeah. and I must live up to this like, psych substance whoever it's the fuck fine. that is it's practice. Well, this is my 10th podcast, literally, so mm. I'm still getting used to it. No, but this is your, fir- your second in-person one. Uh, the Big Les Show was in person, right? And the founder of did. Okay, so it. this is your third in-person one, mm-hmm. which is a totally different vibe. Yeah, but Skype. this is better because the last one I was re- recording
0: with the camera, so I had to stop, like, I had to keep an eye on the clock every uh, 20 minutes, which was, like, kind of disruptive. Now we're just voice.
1: sacrificing the quality for just <sighs> the time. Yeah, it shouldn't be so bad.
0: But anyways, I want to talk to you... Mm. I don't know if I want to start off with... Actually, you know what? I don't want to start off with like your traumatic experiences because we talked about like... We went like one hour talking about my one. Mm -hmm. But... Do you have questions? Yeah, I do. Actually, I want to know because... Like I know you, so I have a good idea of why you started this channel. You don't ever really know (laughs) something. But I want to know what was the moment you decided like, nah, I'm fucking... I'm starting this channel. And this was like before anyone was really doing it. I mean, what was it? Like Neurosu There was Neurosue, A soup. few tripper, but they, they weren't doing it and on- And salvia a pro- videos. Yeah, but they weren't doing it on like a professional <laughs> YouTuber level. So you were the first one. I'm honored you call
1: me professional.
0: Well, because when your first video came out, the LSD versus alcohol, I just launched my channel. Which so. is private right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we- <laughs> A private level of mine as well. But this was like recently after I started my channel, and this is like- I remember the first year everyone's like, oh, you're just copying psych substance. But we started around the same blah, time. Blah, blah, blah. So hold on. Let's let's be clear. But you then. did influence me a lot, so I'm not... Yeah,
1: anyways. Sweet, bro. Sweet, bro. Sweet, bro. So what was your your that, launch date? What was your launch date? I want to know so we can actually figure this out. It was either... It was February right
0: 1st first of March.
1: It I think it would have been book? the max. Yeah, yeah, March. Does,
0: but I just don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't look it
1: up now. They but are, about March. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, after um, my first ayahuasca experience. So my, my launch date was kind yeah, of you I
0: Yeah, because I was doing it as a, just making a video, mm. kind of facing my fears in a lot of ways, because I you know, suffered from a lot of social anxiety. and That's after hot in here, yeah, dude. After seeing yours it, and how it blew up immediately, it gave me hope, like, oh my God, I can actually do this. Like, you can just make videos on psychedelics. So and obviously, you didn't me. know it was going to blow up. Yeah, but yeah. it gave me hope, though, that it was getting so popular. And that was a time where I knew, before even having ayahuasca, I'm like, this is going to blow up. Like this whole psychedelic. So hold on, um, what was your question? Uh, the moment, what was the moment in time you decided, or the day that you decided
1: that you wanted to start this channel? Um, well, it wasn't really just like this big, like, oh my God, I need to start a channel. Right. It was kind of, I was wanted to do YouTube because as a lot of guys watching you now, and some of you don't, um... I didn't start doing psychedelics. This wasn't my first channel. I had a lot of channels that were kind of flops. And one yeah. that was semi-successful. I had a prank, prank channel yeah. that amassed 50,000 subscribers at its peak. I don't know what it's at now. I said you deleted most of them as well. So yeah, I removed most of the videos. There's still uh, one or... No, I think there's two or three videos. It's like, videos. We have sex with me or something? Yeah. yeah. You know, someone will link it below. It was just a silly prank video. The whole premise of that channel was I knew that I was someone who had... Well, it's called a spade a spade, a lot of balls. And I knew that I could do things that people would view. Mm -hmm. And I knew that pranks were big on YouTube. So I was like, well, someone like me fits the prank genre perfectly because I'm not afraid to do crazy stuff. I don't even want to mention some of the videos that I took down. (laughs) Some of them were pretty wild. Um, So I started this prank channel and oddly enough, I'm making it sound like this channel existed for ages. It was only, I only worked on it for four months. That's pretty incredible. Maximum, maximum four months, this channel. Um, because the guy I started it with, we stopped being friends, and then... Interesting story, actually. So then I was trying to find someone to film me. What happened with the friendship? If this it's... is actually a really interesting story. So my girlfriend, who I just got engaged to, uh, I met her, you know, indirectly because of this channel. Because I had met someone at a club. I used to do a lot of uh, what you would call... <laughs> pickup for lack of a better <laughs>
0: okay, term
1: but I wasn't like your normal pickup so, guy I didn't care about having sex um I was more of a val- validation junkie in the beginning mm. like we would just go see how many makeouts we could get and me even starting pickup I know I'm going way off topic but let me just this all started because I'm short I'm five foot five and I was always extremely insecure because I would always be like the shortest kid in my class in school mm. and obviously people are going to pick on you they think you're short so you're weak So I always felt like I had to prove myself, like I'm not this weak short guy. Mm. Um, But even so, it wasn't until I was about 16 that I even gained a little bit of confidence. I always just felt very insecure, shy around people. And the shyness wasn't even from being short. I was always shy. Um, Did you get made fun of when you were in
0: high school about being short? Or was that your own thing that you projected and then maybe attracted? High school is,
1: that's, yeah, it's a totally different story. Um, I wouldn't really say made fun of. Because I switched schools, the first school I went to, people tried to pick on me. Right. um,
0: But it didn't really work. Were you a fighter? I feel like you were a fighter. Yeah. It
1: didn't really work um, (laughs) because I was homeschooled for a while. So I was homeschooled for a while. I went to school, and I was homeschooled for a while, and then I went to high school. And the first year, I was this really skinny kid, right? (laughs) And I was super awkward because now I was just used to being alone. I didn't, mm, have, very, didn't much, have the social skills. You no, know, I interact. went to high school with yeah. like zero social skills, super shy. Like people actually were nice at this high school and I made friends with some some nerds. Um, actually, Alex, if you're watching this, shout out to Alex. <laughs> Alex contacted me because he saw my videos and I actually used to knew Alex. I knew him when I was at this high school. I was only Not at this really. high school for a year and uh, he contacted me. We met up a few times, pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of nerdy. Um... After some really shitty experiences with women, um, when I was 16, I actually got my girlfriend pregnant because, yeah, she was a... V- I don't want to put people down. She's just not a very good person. Incompatible. Yeah. Well, not even that. She's just not a good yeah, person. I'm just trying to be nice. Um, <laughs> and this relationship just crushed any self-esteem. Yeah. I spent like a year from 15 to 16 building myself up. Like, physically and mentally, I started exercising. I had a six-pack at the time. I was pretty buff for a 16-year-old kid. Because you were personal trainer, right, at one stage. At one point. But anyway, so then I met this girl, and, yeah, it just completely tore me down. So at 17, I ended up having a kid, which I was definitely not ready to face at that time, meaning I now have a 14-year-old daughter. Um, That's pretty Yeah, that's pretty far. That's pretty wild. I have a very interesting story. I don't want to cover my entire story, because it would just take way too long. But all of this led to me being very insecure on women, around women. and uh, Did it make you like a pushover? It did, yeah. yeah. That relationship made me a pushover. I was a pushover for a long time. You know, just a people pleaser. I yeah. I feel like a lot of people can relate to me because at different phases in my life, I've been a lot of different people. i put mm. on so many different masks, so many faces. I've, I've experienced a lot of hardship. Um, see, I have a... Hard time saying that, because there's people who have struggled way more than me. Like, there's I people know. who have really struggled.
0: I know what you mean. I get what you're saying. But for living in the Western world... Yeah. But it's relative as well, suffering, you know eh, what I mean? I, compared to some I, I haven't suffered I at all.
1: And this isn't me being modest. I haven't. We always think we're more important Same. and yeah, our yeah. suffering is, like, you know, so much worse than others. But anyway, I'm just saying, for me, I, I went through a lot of hardships. Yeah. But they were all great because I learned. So anyway, back to the where this began. So, I started the prank channel because I... Got good at pickup. Um, I only got good because I was rejected so many times. I, I think I counted one day and I was rejected anywhere from two to 3,000 times. And I don't mean two to 3,000, well, like, fuck off, get out of here rejections. Yeah, but I no. mean like total, like, as in. Right.
0: A spectrum from a uh, no thank you from fuck off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or what I would also count a rejection is I get someone's number, right? And right, I thought just, that yeah. we had like a good connection and then you text them for a date and they never reply. Mm. That was the most common rejection is like people give you their contact info, but then they're not interested. So, what ends up happening when, you know, you started off as being super insecure, and this is a whole video in itself, but when you're like that, you're really needy. And what you learn from going out and just putting yourself in that fire, and kind of burning alive most of the time, is that what you project into the world, or what you project in, like, you know, your emotions that you're projecting through a social interaction with other people, Mm. other people feel that. And people always want to know like the magic the magic line right. to pick up girls or the shortcut. There's no shortcut. You just need to be projecting the right stuff. Right. How you feel is contagious. So when I was insecure and when I was always looking for validation and their approval, people could pick that up. Even if they weren't conscious. Some of them obviously are consciously picking that up. But even mm-hmm. if they weren't consciously picking that up, people you approach feel that from you. And if they're not on a similar desperate wavelength... And obviously, I'm just going after hot girls here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's fine, man. <laughs> or cute girls, oh, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's
0: who you're being, not necessarily what you build yourself up to be. Well... Like, in a sense, like, it's, it's like... I don't want to get into the law of attraction, but it's like... It's not what you think or what you know, what you learn. It's like, who you being, what
1: you're Well, I'm just talking in a very basic sense. Like, on an emotional level, if I go up to a stranger... And I'm really, like, insecure and I'm, like, nervous they're going to feel nervous because yeah. I'm nervous.
0: But that, that's what I mean, but that's who you're being at the time. You are not. You can't fake being confident. You have to actually be That's confident. the thing. Yeah, that's, that's what the I thing. mean.
1: Exactly. And the only way, like, it's a really challenging thing. Don't let any, like, online book or any pickup guru tell you otherwise. It's a very, 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 very challenging thing to get comfortable in those types of situations when you're mm. putting yourself on the
0: line like that. It's like RSD uh, Tyler says that pickup is like a psychedelic odyssey into the mind. In a lot of ways. Coming from
1: a man who's never done psychedelics or even smoked weed, yeah. I, I I respect Tyler. He's an amazing guy. He's actually like a, an incredibly amazing guy. But even amazing people sometimes say stupid shit. And even if I agree with that, I can't put much weight on that coming from someone who has no personal experience yeah. in the realm. But anyway. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs>
0: Did this you follow? It? Did they help you through your pickup no. journey? No. This was after. I think
1: RSD is probably one of the most credible sources out there, yeah. like, depending on which instructor you're looking at, but no, I never followed them. Okay. Um, I don't want to get into that. No, no, no. I, I was uh, more just, of a just... just curious. See, I was even so arrogant when I was doing pickup that I wanted to do it my own way. So I wasn't really following <laughs> yeah, anything. I had to do it my way. It sounds like you. <laughs> and my way was the rejection route. Uh-huh. So what ends up happening is you you have, like, these odd, li- like, little, um. I don't know, it's like where the clouds part for a second and you see the light where mm. you get success and you might get a date. You might even get a girlfriend during these little minute moments where you're just on a roll and you're out and so you've talked to ten girls usually by the time you talk to that eleventh girl it's like oh I no longer care what happens right so you're building
0: like a resilience that's what happens it's
1: not even a resilience you really just get comfortable in the uncomfortable and you get to this point where Mm -hmm. you just don't care as long as you care it's called outcome dependency as long as you care what happens um, I mean don't get me wrong it's not so black and white you're always going to care a little bit you can't just erase that but as long as you like, really care, and you're putting so much energy right. into caring, you're so worried about it turning out bad. It usually is going to turn out bad, just because you're projecting. Right, you're putting a lot emotions. of weight on the outcome. All yeah, your eggs attached. in that one yeah. basket, yeah. and people, a stranger especially. You have to realize that when you're doing these pickup things, you're asking a lot out of a stranger. Like you're asking, first of all, this person that's never met you before. That probably has their own paranoias and fears around people for whatever reason. Like, you don't know them at all. You're asking them to not only, you know, give you a chance, like, to start talking to you. Like, remember, you're coming up to them. You're the salesman here. You're asking them to open up to you and to also... Like go on a date with you, like feel some kind of attraction to you. It, if you really break it down, I, I know that when you follow pickup, they try to make it seem like it's not a big deal. But if you really look at it, it is a big deal. There's a reason people are terrified of doing yeah, it. but a lot of these
0: instructors went through the trenches to get to the point where they are. I'm, I'm not, I can't speak for everyone,
1: but yeah. and it's just like working out too. Uh, uh, when you stop, yeah. you lose a lot of it. Obviously, yeah. you have muscle memory. Yeah, but um, some of these instructors aren't even like doing it themselves. Actually, that, like, that would, that would be terrifying
0: for me to like walk up to a
1: girl, like right now obviously because, i'm not going to be as good like i i still have like a lot of the fundamentals in my head but if yeah, i had yeah. to go right now up to a girl the difference between me and someone who's done it is obviously i have a lot of past experience yeah, but i'm yeah. still not going to be like you lose it if yeah. you don't do it and i have no interest in doing that again i'm completely satisfied more than satisfied i feel super lucky with my partner um i got lucky in that regard anyway back to that story so the only reason i met my partner is because at a club the night prior, I met someone who said they saw my prank videos and they wanted to film for me. So I was like, okay, so meet me at this Starbucks tomorrow at this time and we can talk about, you know, working together. Like I said, I just need someone to film. And I was struggling to find someone to record these pranks because when you're going, one of the most popular pranks, it's at over 16 million views. I actually started the whole, not to like toot my own horn, <laughs> but I started the whole asking strangers to have sex thing. There's other channels yeah, who have done yes. it and they did a way better job than me. Right? Like, these are professional they pranksters. it. Yeah, I pioneered it. Yeah. <laughs> the asking strangers to have sex thing. For, That's a, really for crazy, a while, man. that was a big thing. There was, like, old people asked. I don't know. There yeah. Because, was... man, when I saw your very first video, I'm
0: like, this is not his first video. Like, I knew straight away that this guy's done this before. Right. That was, like,
1: literally one of my first thoughts I had. Was this guy's done this before? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, also, I also knew video making. As a kid, I loved playing with cameras. Yeah. Like, I had a history of video. But anyway... So, I was gonna meet um this guy there, and he never showed up and I remember sitting outside and I saw this uh black dude walk in uh with a kid and following him was well at the time I thought well, oh, that girl's a really nice ass and so then I'm thinking, oh but damn it, she's with that dude, and it looks like their kid or something I was just really uh. confused and I was like there's there's no way i'm I'm not gonna approach a girl like like i I wasn't just a dog that went after everything. I obviously had morals, and I didn't want to offend anybody. Like, I'm not going to hit on someone's girlfriend. That just wasn't my style. I cared too much about, you know, people. Empath. Very empathetic here. Mm. Um, But anyway, so then she came out to the patio, and I remember I looked at my phone what time it was. I was like, okay, I'm sure the the other guy's coming with, like, their coffees or something. And I gave it a few minutes, and I remember thinking, huh. Looked inside, because I was outside on the patio, um waiting for this dude to come. I used to smoke. So I was smoking at this time. I was having my coffee, like, you know, a badass. Just, uh, as if smoking makes you a badass, knowing you're going to get lung cancer I mean, and That's die.
0: exactly why I started smoking, just to be cool. I so looked silly.
1: inside, and I saw the dude. He obviously was sitting down. He wasn't coming out. I was like, okay. And I remember at this time, I really didn't feel like talking to anyone. It was like I hadn't talked. Usually after you, you've talked to a few people that day, it gets more... It gets easier because you've already gone right. through the process, right? Mm-hmm. Just like filming a video, yeah, yeah, the set. second one's easier. Yeah, um, I hadn't talked to anyone. I was feeling pretty, just like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And then I just like, yeah, like, it's like, okay, yes. The thing, the thing that you have to understand about approaching strangers is people get this idea that they're just going to become this guy who can just talk to anyone, fearless. <laughs> eventually, like, if they keep working at it, eventually. They can pick up anybody. They can approach anyone without fear. You just get better at feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Right. So during this instance, I definitely felt nervous. Um, So I remember feeling nervous and just thinking, uh, what's the harm? This guy's not showing up. Just go say hi. So there was no secret line. Just went over and said hi. It's a good place to be. What are you up to? Probably, I don't remember exactly. Probably just that. Hey, what are you up to? And she was working on her computer. She told me, I was like, oh, I know computers. Um." (laughs) And And then we started talking about websites. And then before... I know what we're chatting, and I asked her if she wanted to go on like a quick hike, because we were right at a coffee shop that was near this like mountain trail. So we went on a hike. Um, She actually just started a new job in the area. She wasn't even from the area, and she didn't know anybody. So, hey, great. Said, yeah, well, we can hang out again. And now, that's the person that I'm... Engaged to. Engaged to. Congratulations. Pretty crazy how it comes full circle. Had I not started the prank channel... I wouldn't have been at that bar that day. I wouldn't have met that guy and I wouldn't have made the plans to meet him at the coffee shop at that time. Whew. And it's these kind of
0: experiences which helped us through this YouTube crisis because it's like it's very easy to get in the moment and freak out like, oh my God, this is the worst thing happening. But in foresight, you look back on it and you're like, Actually, you know what? That was good because it led me to
1: X, y, well, love I love how you, you're linking it to like the YouTube blah, blah, blah. crisis. This is amazing. Yeah. I was but... never going to link it to the YouTube <laughs> oh, <yeah>. crisis. <laughs> Are you yeah. being serious? Are you just... Yeah. <laughs> fuck with me. No, I wasn't going to okay. link it. Everything, Tom's head is all like YouTube crisis, YouTube crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, that is a good point. Yeah. yeah. yeah, You can look back and you can see everything in a positive Once light, I right?
0: Anything. Well, it took me nine months to finally see the positive from that last boger experience.
1: So... We've gotten to the point where I fully forgot the first question you asked. The moment when you decided to start this whole channel. I love how oh, I'm the still leading up to the totally end of that. good, man. This is great. It's juicy. People are like, talk more! So, you know, that happened... Um, when I Actually, when I met her, I had finally got to the point where I wasn't just total shit. Um, so... Yeah, I, I was seeing a few girls. It wasn't like she was the only girl I was seeing. She was even seeing someone, too. Like, right. we didn't start off... So, it was like, a fling kind of thing? No, it wasn't a fling. No, no? We were just hanging out. Oh, right. Okay. That's the best I would call it. We were just, like... Hanging out. Hanging out. We had good conversation. We chatted. Sometimes she needed a place to stay after work, because she lived in a different city, and she'd crash at my right. house. We were really just hanging out. Um, but anyway... So, during this period is when I was doing the, pr- the prank channel, right? Mm. And... I wasn't enjoying it, but, like, I liked that it was starting to blow up, and it when, like, a video with pranks hit at this era of YouTube, um, this was, like, 2012, 2013 era, yeah. this was, like, the prank era. It was... Yeah, you just... <gasps> the key pr- to YouTube was just start a prank channel, and then boom. Right. Wait for the subscribers There's always to different float.
0: eras. I think now it's, like, vlogs.
1: Right. Yeah. There's different eras. <laughs> so, I was... Witnessing my channel go big, one of our videos was on uh, World Star Hip Hop and things Whoa. were getting shared. Well, I mean, the video has got Just 16 million views. Right? <laughs> you said within four uh, months it blew up to like what was it? No, I only did it for four months. It, yeah, it actually blew up within I think two.
0: So you could have gone like real, real big. With I'm that. guessing I yeah. could be.
1: It could have been six months. I did the channel for like right. my memory of these events are really yeah, hazy.
0: but it was less than a year, which is like nothing. Oh yeah, it, half it, took, a year, it took me most. A- Almost a year to just reach a thousand subscribers. So. Okay,
1: no, within months we were so, thousands of subscribers. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. I liked, you know, going out and meeting people, yeah. but I didn't like recording it. I really, really did not like recording. It made me feel what, uncomfortable.
0: What was it about recording? That it made just you feel wasn't
1: true to who I was. Like right. when I sat down after doing like asking strangers to have sex and asked myself, ask myself to have sex. No, I asked myself, <laughs> "Am." i really enjoying this. Like, mm. like, yes, this video is popular, but was that video fun to make? Was any part of this fun for me? And for me, having a YouTube channel was all about breaking free from doing shit you don't want to do. Right, like the 9 to 5? Yeah, yeah, like the whole point was to not have a 9 to 5, to not have a job you hate. And I did more videos after that video that are, you know, privated now, or deleted, rather. Um, and with each video, I increasingly started to dread making videos more and more. It got to the mm. point where it's like, i had someone to film for me again and it's like but do i even want to film and i remember i was coming up with excuses as to why i didn't want to film um yeah actually we filmed a lot of videos that didn't even get released really crazy stuff that i don't even want to talk about that i'm happy didn't get released one of the ideas was uh See, these were alcohol infused ideas. During like, I gave the paintings like, mm,
0: should I <laughs> tell this story?
1: Should I tell this yeah. story? I don't even know. But during this period I drank too much. Actually this period of not knowing the pranks coincides with trying M for the first time. I tried M, you know, after the book, Majority of the Pranks. And around that time. Yeah, for the first, time, time, ever? Yeah, for the first time ever. I would have been twenty five or twenty six.
0: That that's a really good age, actually. Yeah. The- Start. Well,
1: I was still lost. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, but still.
1: Yeah, I was living at like this uh home. What? Well, not this home. I was living <laughs> at a student home, right? So it was really, really cheap rent. Student What is,
0: What is, a is, is it what? like a hostel kind of backpacker thing or
1: no it's it's like a students rent a whole house and they each uh, live in one room and right. they all split the rent oh, okay. so I was living in a student house meaning yeah. everyone around me was much younger than me i was 25 or 26 they were like 19 or uh, 20 okay. but they were all in that party phase yeah, yeah. so i easily <sighs> jumped into that party phase and at this time i didn't have much custody over my daughter like not that i didn't want to um but i i only had like every other weekend for 2 days right. So it's not like I had any real responsibilities. My only responsibility was four times a month, I had my daughter, which of course I was always sober for that time, I did value my time with her. But it was just a really shitty situation where she lived multiple cities over and I, wasn't, I didn't have a car, I was very broke, no, I, I wasn't had. driving. It was just like
0: lack of direction, lost. Uh, yeah.
1: it, it sucked and I was feeling really low. So I started drinking a lot while I was living at that student house, that's when I tried M. When and did
0: you start drinking?
1: Well, I drank, for th- I got drunk for the first time, I think at 14 or 15.
0: Did you start binge drinking at that oh, age? Oh yeah. yeah,
1: I was drinking for a long time. Alcohol was like my thing. Yeah, me too. You yeah, too? Yeah.
0: Well, at 13, I started binge drinking a lot and I was okay with alcohol for the first few years, but then, I don't know, man, those, those last couple of years, it, those really bad drunk moments would start to come See, out a bit more.
1: I still enjoy like a glass of wine. Yeah, me too.
0: That, this two? is like all, I, yeah, one red one glass of red wine, two glasses. No, okay. two's good, two's good. Yeah, Three I, is like, max. Yeah, I went like two years without drinking alcohol. Yeah. Like, also, like I like against I, I it, and now I'm to, like, wait, yeah. it's not that bad. It's just, I, maybe it was just the stigma, the hypocrisy that just pissed me off. Just out of principle, I'm not drinking alcohol. but yeah, anyway it's an
1: accepted drug, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm sure it's only Canada must be similar to Australia, and you just start oh, there's drinking. Oh, big real. drinking culture there. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of parallels. Well, not just between you and me, but like Canadians and Australians, mm. I find. But anyway, so you started drinking early, and then you started doing M at
1: 20... Oh, yeah, so during Friday, this 26? whole, like, prank channel, unsure thing, yeah. like, part of me was really happy, because finally, I like, think the channel was starting to bring in money through, like, ads at the time. Was it just AdSense, or were yeah, you getting other... all I had was AdSense. All, so uh, that, that's when it was really good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't making a killing. Like, yeah. I was making not even really enough to live at this house to... Well with drinking and m which when i discovered m it was like oh boy that's it that's it who needs to get <sighs> drunk when m's it, way better that's like cause i started i started having m when i was young i think 21 was the first time i had an ecstasy pill
0: but i was mm. always studying and just broke so i couldn't afford like if i could afford <laughs>
1: drugs try try at that time student house <sighs> <sighs> try living in yeah. a student house trying to start your own youtube business yeah so like i had days of nothing to do yeah right and then the evenings would just be yeah. like the days would be spent trying to do videos. The evenings were spent partying, mm. drinking with the uh, flatmates, right? Um, but anyway, such a long day. My brain—I I, kind of like filming when I'm all like this yeah. though, because you're more candid, yeah. you're less filtering yourself. Yeah, there are benefits, but the the cons is just I'm losing track. You're sometimes. Least track, yeah. But anyway, trying to stay on track with what we're talking about. You will have to forgive me because it's late. Um, These are good tangents, anyway. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I had, like, a brief run-in with, like, addiction with them, like, for three months, pretty much. I overused it. And it's during that time is when I was really getting to know uh, my partner. How often were you using it? You shouldn't mind me asking. I can't even remember. Sometimes it was, like, twice a week. Like, it was... Which is
0: a lot for M because it takes a while for your brain to
1: recover. Three times yeah. a week yeah. at times. Like, it wasn't always that crazy. It wasn't yeah. like always three times a week because I didn't have the money but for it. But even doing that once is pretty full on. Like, doing it three times a yeah. week. But yeah. I don't even know what it averaged out to. But it averaged out to maybe once or twice a week. Right. And you were mixing with alcohol as well. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Drinking <laughs> course, almost every that, night. Don't be silly. Of course I did. Like, I would take a night off drinking to re- recover. Like, yeah. I wasn't totally crazy. But you would have to drink after taking the M because it would help with the come down. That yeah. was the only way you could stay up that long. The alcohol negated the come down. Right. I did that with weight. and you'd yeah. have to drink after the M wore off to bring you back up, so you weren't depressed yeah. when you went to bed. So it's like the M led to constant alcohol up until your next M, and then you'd have constant alcohol up until your next M. And what happens is you start off like feeling good, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning, because your receptors—at least for me—I wasn't into drugs besides alcohol, so I had never really been hit with amphetamines or anything like this. So you start off like. You know, I was pretty tough. Like, I have a pretty healthy body. Like, I still worked out. I make, I'm making myself sound terribly unhealthy, but I still wasn't eating terrible. Like, there were aspects that were healthy, right? So it the wasn't balance. just like there was some balance. That's why it's funny because I was exactly, the, exactly
0: the same. Like, I ate healthy so then I can get fucked up more effectively and recover quicker. But I never thought of it like <laughs> I didn't know that. I did. <laughs> so you start off really good, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> healthy. The M's not really hitting you. You can, you know, the first month, you're like. You know, you have, you know, it's wavy, you get the downs, but you're still generally okay. You're like, oh, this isn't that bad. Um, mind you, at this time, this was pre-psych substance. I actually, I use my past self as an example of the people I'm trying to educate, mm. um, because I didn't research anything. All of my knowledge of M was off my friend, who I knew, who was like, the you know the guy in the friend group who was known as the drug guy mm. like he was the one who was supposed to have all this drug knowledge so all of my knowledge of M was based off him which i later found out was complete bullshit yeah. he told looking me back, uh-huh. you can take up <laughs> to 3 grams at once without overdosing oh yeah which i mean maybe theoretically could be true but you wouldn't want surely to test that would, it no surely that would do some damage you could surely, die 100 yeah. percent. you could die all at one but like, even if
0: you don't die like you it gets some risk yeah. of dying yeah. like
1: he said some shit that is just insane wow insane one time we got m that had melted it started off as crystals and it melted i don't know why and he told me that oh you can't have it when it melts because when it melts it kills you it's poisonous and i always remembered that because i always thought but what's the actual difference between melted and hard? I mean, right. it's right, like same, same substance. Thing, right? yeah. why would would one kill you? He just said some. Reti- I can't say that word. <laughs> some, yeah, we're we live in a different age Some ridiculous, now, <laughs> some terribly ridiculous, uh, mind-numbingly stupid shit. Wait, was it? Were you
0: always taking the pure? MDMA crystals or what you thought at the time? Mainly did say, it was crystals. What about ecstasy pills?
1: No, not in my area. No? A few times, but mainly it was the crystals. Right. But it could have been methylone. I'm actually positive several times right. it was methylone. Because so that's that, the other thing. Yeah. I never tested. I'm sure that one day no, we'd have M, I. then we'd have methylone. Do you know what methylone is? No. Similar, but you need more. Right. I think even for a solid month, it was just... But you anyway. Yeah. Anyway, this was the phase I was going through. Um, trying to sort out if I wanted to do the prank channel. <sighs> so
0: hazy era yeah it's hard
1: to remember but during this period somehow miraculously i I started to forge a relationship with my partner Mm -hmm. That i don't know how i was even mentally there this is all ridiculously crazy but somehow i was still there and we got close um i think because yeah she helped like break my boundaries down Mm. the the reason i fell so much in love with M is because it allowed me to just be open. I had spent up to 26 building this character, this shell, mm. and doing the pick up. Like, I, you know, I'm talking about getting used to rejection, but all that hardened the character I was trying to build. I was trying to portray myself as this guy who wasn't afraid to be rejected. Right? right? This really tough dude who could just handle anything.
0: Would you say that's because inside you were truly really sensitive so you had to build like extra strong walls
1: 101 yeah. billion katrillion yeah. percent
0: cuz i'm saying that cuz that's exactly yeah I my story
1: was so. the most sensitive kid so when i was a kid yeah. you know it's crazy like, like the defense
0: mechanisms cuz when you're a kid you can't handle those like really full on moments like you know
1: like my you just are experience. sensitive i didn't try to yeah. hide it yeah
0: yeah yeah but i wanted to convince myself that i was tough and i was numb and i didn't have i didn't have empathy for the most part, but that's because I didn't let myself have empathy. So you I'm didn't like, let yourself? Nah, As in, because I never felt sorry. I don't want to say never, but most of the time I would, I would have so much hate between people. And if I know they said something that I didn't like, I would just make up this whole story. And like, if we mm. go in an argument, yeah, if you said this and I'll say this and then I'll smash him. And like,
1: like just psychotic thoughts about, I oh, know we were different though. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't like that. Yeah, I was, I was, uh... I was like, <laughs> my so actions we... and who I tried to be were conflicting. Because I would, my mom used to say, I took in all the strays. Because I would be friends with the people who no one wanted to be friends with, right? So, like, in my head, I I was trying to be Mr. Tough Guy. But what I was visually depicting was the opposite. So there was always, like, a big conflict between who I want to be and who I am. They were Mm -hmm. always butting heads. Um, And, you know, who I wanted to be was this, you know, this pickup dude, right? Like, I wanted to be this tough, confident guy who, um, you know... Was like a man who like, yeah. took what he wanted from the world. Who doesn't want to feel like that? Who doesn't? Not. There's nothing wrong with feeling like that and, either.
0: And as a, like a teenager or a young male, it's like you have so much pressure of like trying to pick up and all these kind of things. At least in my, I can't speak for everywhere, but it was definitely like that back in the day. Well, but did you? Would you say that you like
1: not to just mention got physical into... insecurities? Yeah, and getting in with the wrong
0: crowd because like I was so insecure and I went to a high school like without knowing anyone from oh, yeah. primary school. No, I got in with so the, wrong cloud the crowd first the thing I did was like. Hang out with, like, the cool bad kids who were smoking cigarettes. I got into weed. I smoking. Drinking, yeah. doing rebellious shit, graffiti, all that kind of stuff.
1: I hung out with the kids who wore bandanas. <sighs> after the geek school. So the geek okay, school, that's, that's and then I switched far. schools. <laughs> the, the second school was the bandana kids. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I wore a bandana for Whoa, a while. Whoa, really? Oh, I thought I was tough shit. <laughs> Do you have a picture? I wish I did. <laughs> yeah, I would never show that online. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyway, Yeah, but getting in with the wrong crowd is, like, everything. Like, because you are the average of the five people you spend
1: the most time with, mm-hmm. so... But it's interesting. It's all because of being sensitive. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. be handle being yeah. sensitive. And it's... In my, like, you know, younger mask-wearing, like, you know, mega mask-wearing Adam's Defense... Mega Man mask. Uh, mega Man mask. <laughs> it wasn't that I hated being sensitive. It's just the feedback I was getting from the world was right. telling me that it was a bad thing. Like, it's not okay to yeah. be like that. Yeah. Like, the girls were taking advantage of me. Um... I felt more insecure. I felt judged. Especially when you're a teenager, your emotions are really just developing at that point. So, like... That's when you're super insecure, man, as a teenager. It's like your emotions... Say your emotions are like a bubble. Yeah. And right now, I feel like I can contain mine. Yeah. Like, they're just... I'm not touching you with them. If right. I want to, I can completely retract. Right.
0: But if someone poked you with a stick back then, it's like...
1: <sighs> oh, no, 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 Just being in Didn't a room. I would feel like my emotions were everywhere. Like, the bubble was surrounding everyone around me. I was right. Touching everyone. Did you get into a them? lot
0: of conflict and arguments and fights and stuff like that? Well, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't just take an insult and just let it go.
1: No, no. It's I'm amazing. Myself, it's amazing yeah. how the most like confrontational people sometimes are the ones who are the ones who like. Yeah. you know, appear to be the toughest. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I appeared to be pretty tough at times. Sometimes I was weak. I Again, I experienced... It's, I can't just Depends say that Depends on I was who you tough. ask. No, 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 of course not. Because there was so
0: many certain, periods. Yeah, certain situations where certain people saw you as a tough guy.
1: But, yeah, it was just, you know, a big mass, Yeah, it's exactly like same sensitive. thing.
0: Like, when I did my first ayahuasca blog, someone from high school read it and he's like, dude, I was, like, so intimidated by you in high school and, like, this whole... This thing, like, you know, it's so relatable and he was, like, so surprised because I was so open and vulnerable, so... I was a nice. I was hopefully, nice g- I was, hopefully l- l- you helped him. Just to make it clear, I was not a bad guy at all, and the only times I ever got into fights was when someone pushed me far enough. Same, same. But it wasn't like <laughs> someone says something and I go into a fight mode. No, I, I, I'm one of those guys that like I can take a lot. At back then, anyway, mm-hmm. like I can take so much, and I'm a very nice guy, and I hardly get into fights. But when I do, it's like this switch, and it just goes you know hulk mode or whatever
1: you want to call yeah, it's it it's hard talking about this stuff cuz when you say you're an asshole people might get the wrong picture yeah like me too i never so, like yeah. went picking on i never picked on there's, people there's, no
0: no 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 i actually got pissed off from like the jocks who picked on the nerds cuz i was friends with the nerds mm-hmm. during class but outside of class it was like no i'm too cool for that right yeah right. cuz well, i was a nerd so maybe yeah. we didn't
1: uh, we indirectly maybe No cuz if people. you
0: ask people in high school they say oh no tom's like the nicest guy ever. he's funny as but it's just yeah. when it, yeah cuz i don't want to seem like a <laughs> Uh, you know, I was like this bully type
1: character. In fact, I fucking hated bullies. Yeah, no. I, obviously, the five foot five guy can't really be that much of a bully. Not when in Canada, <laughs> the average height is like six one to six three. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that also plays into a role. Depending on where you live, um, you might have different insecurities.
0: But does, does I have a very like Canada? Does I have a very tough guy? Like you know, be a real man kind of. Oh yeah, or? yeah. Where is I live, yeah. even like when That'd I was, I remember being like
1: it. ten. I remember being 10 years old in the classroom. It was, like, grade 5. Yeah. All the kids... No, grade 6 is when it started for me. It would have been 11. Yeah. All making a circle, and, like, the cool... There was the cool kids in... Like, grade 6 is too young to really separate into groups. It yeah. was the cool kids, and they wrote this list of, uh... The strongest guys. Like, who could, like, win the most fights. Yeah. And all the cool kids had this list, and I was, like... Out of 30 kids in the class, girls included in this list, at least they, um weren't sexist like at least they included both <laughs> genders in their tough list i was like 28th out of like 30 whoa for like strong or tough kids i remember this tough chick who
0: just she she was like in she bet the fuck out of like four different girls at once who were like four years older than her
1: girls could be scary man yeah those dude UFC girls yeah woof. dude <laughs> you saw them that. oh yes. some of those girls are scary yeah. Um. But anyway, back to the initial question that I am gonna get around to answering. Yeah, it's all good. What man, What good. started me on the channel, <laughs> or what was the moment? Um. Well, this is all what was leading up to it. So I met someone, right, my yeah. partner, and I realized after like it wasn't instant. Like we were casual for all, maybe four or so months, yeah. maybe around five months, even of just hanging out. That like I wanted to get to know her more. So I could use some water too. Do you feel hot? Is it? Yes, it is. Like, I'm not sweating, but I can tell. I'm like, sticky? Hot. Like, yeah, muggy? It's sticky. Yeah, Yeah. Maybe we can open the window. Do you want to try yeah. opening we'll the open window?
0: Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll
0: over there. Um, So, you're going out with your girlfriend. You're going through this tough time. Oh, right.
1: So, yeah. So, I'm going through this tough time, like, with substances, with alcohol, with just really. During this period of doing M, I was really facing, like, myself. Like, I was trying to figure out who I was. Yeah. I was 26, I had a daughter. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life being broke or having no direction Like I did have good jobs here and there like I worked as a fitness trainer for a while Mm -hmm. Um in the past I worked at a bank, uh, but they never lasted long I just it wasn't what I wanted to do or what I felt a calling for Um and then when I met uh, my partner it was like okay now that I'm in a relationship I don't want to do this pickup stuff anymore Mm. Like I had on and off done the pickup stuff from the age of 21 to 26 that was a long time being in That's a decent the pickup game. Ap- yeah, there was a, a two-year relationship in between there, yeah. so there was one two-year relationship where I basically did nothing. So realistically, it was like three years. Did you still study stuff. it while you we were in that re- in the relationship, or just not really? It? Oh, I mean, I was still now I was still into it. I mean, I cheated on her, right. so I was still. Yeah, it was hard. It was a hard thing to shake. It wasn't that I enjoyed. Uh, going out and really meeting people that much, I enjoyed the validation yeah. because I was so insecure. Yeah. So we used to have like contests, like let's see who could make out with the most girls. Um, and these were, it's not like my friends where I do these like make contests for ugly or anything. Uh, friends who were, yeah. Pretty skilled. Not even skilled, but definitely no. better looking than me. Right. The height, they had hair. My hair started falling out 21. Um... Yeah, like, looks-wise, definitely better looking than me. But I still won a lot of these contests. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's like, yes, for all you short guys out there. <laughs> sometimes people think, like, really tall girls. My whole, like, notion of what was possible just got blown away yeah. the longer
0: I started. So you probably gave a lot of people permission to, like, hey,
1: I can do this too.
0: Kind of yeah,
1: yeah. It's neat when you're, like, um, a min- like a minority group or a group mm. that is seen as not as good as others. Like like for example, yeah, just just being bald and short is like wow. How's that guy actually meeting all these attractive girls? It's like an extra hurdle you gotta jump. Yeah, it gives other people who have hurdles inspiration because what you realize when you do this pickup stuff is looks don't really matter. What's way more important than I mean, for obviously it's not so black and white. For some people, looks are huge. You're not going to get... But you also realize this. You're not going to attract everyone you talk to. Mm. Never. No matter what you look like, you're never going to attract everyone you talk to. No matter how smooth you are. It really just comes down to being a numbers game. and But you can increase your odds by not giving a shit, right? Exactly. Um, but anyway, you realize that things like looks are stupid. Yeah. Like even... Like look at Tyler Owen from, yeah. you know... Um, He's Real the social. head of... He's the head. He's going balls. He's bald, the guy. Redhead yeah. guy. Pudgy. Nappy. Big beard. He looks like a yeah. red-bearded Santa. He's, he's autistic as well. And he's autistic. And obviously this Amazing guy... Amazing public speaker though. Holy shit. Like but that... he sucked. It's from pickup he got it. Yeah. See? Obviously this guy isn't winning any yeah. like looks contests. People contest. only see
0: the highlight reel and not the behind the scenes
1: or something. So, But the highlight reel does show that he's... You yeah. Know, he's a, really good. A pretty average <laughs> yeah. looking, borderline unattractive guy can do fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because it looks, to- but anyway, that's a whole different thing. I want to get off the pickup thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I didn't want to do that anymore, and I didn't know what to do. I was actually trying to get over this M, new addiction. addiction yeah. Uh, which was challenging. People say you can't get addicted to M, but you can definitely get addicted to feeling good and open. Exactly. Because um, it's not the substance
0: that we that has this chemical hook that gets us addicted. It's like the feeling that we want. Right. Right.
1: So. So I'm the, Yeah. Anyway, let me continue. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to finish this question if you don't want me <laughs> yeah. continue because I'm going to go off on another tangent. Because it's so late and we're all law, um, yeah. So yeah, it turned out she was going to New Zealand yeah, uh, for school, actually. She already did like five years of university, but she wanted to go to New Zealand to you study. told this story on SWIM. Um, yeah, but, but you... this is way longer. Yeah, this is way yeah, yeah no, yeah. Um, no, I'm not
0: saying like, you already told this story, how
1: dare you cut it off now? Yeah, something. I just remembered. At some yeah. point I told this story, and so I decided that, it was a really hard decision because of having a daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I wasn't seeing her that much, it wasn't for my choice. Like, I wanted to see her more. As part of being sad was just, I felt I felt terrible that I wasn't emotionally there for my daughter. And I came to the realization that, okay, well, if I don't go to New Zealand, and at least, like, she was going to be here for four years. So yeah. I wasn't planning to stay away from my daughter for four years. I thought, like, ten months is fine. I mean, it, it sucks, but, you know, I actually didn't have a return ticket, so I was just going to fly here and play it by ear. Right. But I knew if I didn't leave, then that relationship would have ended for sure. So I was like, I definitely want to explore the possibilities with this girl. Um, Because I liked what we were building. Mm. And it was like, okay, it kind of sucked. Because as soon as we... She told me from day one she was going to New Zealand. So from the start of getting to know her, I knew that we were going to separate. And then I realized, well, I'm literally doing nothing with my life. What if I just get some shitty factory jobs? Like, whatever I could scrounge up at the time, which was pretty depressing jobs... And I I spent like half a year saving up money to meet her. So she was here for maybe four months, even before I got here, three or four months, something like that. Um, And then miraculously, I don't think she even believed I was going to do it, but I saved up enough money. Nice. to be accepted for the visa. And my whole plan was to come to New Zealand. ram right, right now. Oh, how romantic. And to figure out <laughs> yeah. my life. No, it was to see her, but... No, no, but no, it's just funny because i gone full circle. No, I'm back yeah. here. It's weird being back. It honestly is. But that was my goal, to come here yeah. to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was while I was here that, like, I first tripped um, with her before we left, yeah. and that kind of got my feet wet. But prior to coming to New Zealand, I had only tried... Acid two or three times. Yeah, um, I tr- I had one DMT breakthrough. Like so, I had just started. Right, so you had bio experience them. before coming to. But New Zealand. it was in New Zealand that, like, I really explored because a lot of the people at her school were more open about it. Right. Actually, people in her class, a huge majority of them, tripped for fun. Like it was more open. At least among this group, I can't speak for all of New Zealand. Right. And because it was more open here, and because I met like a lot of people who were more into it, it was more yeah, acceptable. Right. And we had, like, obviously, we didn't have a kid at this time, so there was no yeah. responsibility. So I explored psychedelics a lot. and Or well, was it mainly LSD? You know, I definitely tried a ton of different substances. Yeah. But mainly LSD and DMT yeah. were the primary ones that I explored while I was in New Zealand. Interesting. And, yeah, it was through those experiences that I f- they helped me so much. They helped with my addictions. They The biggest thing, though, honestly, wasn't really the addictions. It was just helping me. Be me again. Well,
0: accept yourself for who you are. Would you say or?
1: <sighs> yes, accept yourself, and also it just gave me permission to not care anymore yeah. about yeah. this mask that I was building, yeah. and to just you know be the sensitive guy. Yeah, to be myself, and it was like not only that, but I had been pretending to be someone for so long. I for no word of lie, I forgot who I was. Yeah. Like, 100. It's amazing. You can wear a mask for so long that... It's exhausting, man. No, it's not exhausting. Because you having, forget having, it's a mask. a mask. You yeah. No, this is what I'm saying. It's not exhausting at all, because the mask becomes you. Mm. It's like, the longer you wear it, the more it tightens. It solidifies. Yeah, yeah, until the point comes where it's infused with your true self. Uh, and when that point hits, I feel like psychedelics might be the only thing that can strip it off. And cut through the bullshit way. That yeah. Well, you, uh, when the mask cracks off at that point, there's a lot of sensitive skin showing, so you yeah. got some healing to do. Was, but... was
0: it like one trip that you had?
1: Like, was it the one profound trip that changed your life forever? Or was it like just no? That's a whole... the thing. It was a It's tough for me to like pinpoint. No, to people don't want my advice. Like, how do I get those trips? Like, how do I get the most benefits from psychedelics? But for me, it was a whole journey. Like right mm-hmm. now, I'm at the point where I really don't feel the need to explore them. And And that's not just me talking because of YouTube guidelines, like I really <laughs> I do want to I know that at some point in my life I will, but having children now, I see my daughter more uh, got a son it's like i don't have psychedelics take a lot of energy, and I don't have the energy for that exploration at this time there's other people who need me, mm. and that would be selfish if I were to be exploring it's... psychedelics right now would probably destroy my life to be honest heavy experiences yeah Yeah. and they would affect my relationships i don't have the energy so when i say i will explore them again i mean it it's just i don't have it right now Well,
0: that's the beautiful thing about psychedelics is that once you have that experience it stays with you forever and you're not going back to that guy you can always go back to that experience you know like sometimes not that guy i'm (laughs) not going
1: to go back to wearing a mask now (laughs) is what i mean like i'm going back to there yeah the mask is gone
0: but i'm talking even with psychedelics that's what's so cool about them like, you can. I'm just saying that it stays with you. Like, you don't forget an experience like that. Like, well, once the drug you know what? I think off.
1: we're too young to say, because it's still pretty fresh for both of us. I mean, at least it stays yeah. for a while. But there are people who have tried psychedelics in the 60s, and they've totally reverted back to functioning members right. of society. Well, okay,
0: well, I should preface it. I can only speak for myself.
1: Yeah. What people remember... But you can. What influences the point, the is most? you can
0: return back... You can, but if
1: somebody spends a huge chunk of their life doing other things and forgetting about it, they're going to forget about it. Time well, erases this stuff. Integration is like, what, 95% of it. Well, that's the thing. I'm still right now integrating... One of those percentages again that uh, I just made up. Tom <laughs> makes up a lot of shit. You know what? Can we change his name to like... <laughs> your mate the bullshitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, they're on to me. Uh, I forgot what I was saying again. You're re- reversing
0: I mean. back to the mask, and like you didn't want to go back oh, to that anymore. no,
1: no, the psychedelics shed my mask.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, that's and, what I mean.
1: And it was in New Zealand that I realized, actually, after working at banks in New Zealand, I made videos about this. Like, this right. isn't a new story I have. Okay. These notes that I wrote at the bank. Like, I was at the verge of a spiritual awakening, and I didn't like, even know it. Like Satori, something yeah. like that? Yeah. At this time, I didn't even know what Satori was. Right. I had no idea. I had just discovered Alan Watts. And like a week oh, after right. discovering Alan Watts, it wasn't long. It wasn't like I was studying Alan Watts. It was like I had these thoughts, and then I found Alan Watts, and I was like, this dude stole my thoughts. Like, I already mm. had them written down, some of the things he said. It was trippy. blew my mind. I was like, I'm tapping into Alan Watts here. Or there's just some collective uh, knowledge mm. around just the act of spiritual enlightenment. So there's a
0: lot of consistencies with these spiritual teachings.
1: Oh, yeah. been, you know... There's a lot of consistencies. A lot of consistencies. So then I had that enlightening trip, which I made a video about that's removed right now that I have to remake. Um, LSD with Alan Watts and yeah, yeah. I can remake that one so much better, though. But yeah. anyway, and yeah... That was like, there was like the trips that changed me that I felt like, you know, like I said, the scale in our video, like they were putting weight on this scale. And then once that trip hit the scale, it just tipped and there we go. I was forever changed. Yeah. And in what? I think it's important to say that though. It wasn't one trip that changed me forever. It was a a a collection. It was the journey of going through the thoughts and, you know, meditating and writing the notes and really reading books, I didn't just trip and then just like veg out and smoke weed. Hell no. I read books. It's interesting that you're saying this because like I said in the previous video that we made, I put
0: way too much weight on the benefits of psychedelics for me. Mm. And like, for example, the ayahuasca, I gave that all the praise. Like it changed me. And of course, it was an amazing catalyst that changed my life forever. But... You got to think that I did like four ceremonies. I did one San Pedro ceremony like a couple of days later, which really put right. everything in perspective and full circle because they go together really well—not mixed together. I mean, like you know, within a week or a couple of days apart. But
1: I don't know if your spiritual ego ever got as big as my spiritual ego. Ah, <sighs> uh, who knows? Did That's you ever? Th- did you ever hit the like? enlightened phase yes where you of had course all I did answers. I was like
0: I thought that like if you haven't had a psychedelic trip you don't know shit
1: maybe our egos were the, our yeah. spiritual egos were worth the massive same massive spiritual
0: ego man I was just I like to call it the psychedelic warrior like this is the cure for all they should put mushrooms in the water supply yeah and the world would be changed didn't Rogan say that
1: they should put uh, someone, I don't know if he said that but someone,
0: someone, someone yeah mentioned it this is an no, like, no, early day
1: if everyone he he proposed a question this was like years and years ago yeah, when yeah, he was yeah. like all into he was the really like a yeah yeah Said if everyone like, ate mushrooms, the world would be a different place yeah. or something.
0: And it would be a different place, but not as profound as you might think, because it takes a lot of work afterwards to integrate
1: those heavy experiences. Well, plus, these, these are tools. Yeah. And the tools can't... can only work with what they're given. Exactly. Like, for example, if I see a dude and he's got like a van, mm. right? He's got tons of equipment in his van. He's got saws. And I ask that guy, hey, you know what? You've got a van. Can you go cut this tree down and collect me a bunch of firewood? You'd be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I never thought that I could use all these tools for that. I mean, I've got everything. I've got the saw, like the chainsaw. Mm. I've got the van to carry the wood. I can totally do that job. Now you go ask, like, just some civilian walking, you know, holding their paper bag, getting drunk, just stumbling around, totally confused. You know what? Here's the instruction manual for cutting down a tree. Um, I I need you to go cut this tree down. You know, and and not giving them the tools or telling them what tools they need, Mm -hmm. just saying, cut this tree down and bring me the firewood. No way of doing it. No. They're gonna to be totally confused. They're just gonna go walk by the tree, be like, "Oh, okay, yep, can't do this," and just walk well, yeah. off. They're not even gonna to try to like figure out how to do it because they don't have the tools <laughs> to get it done. They're just gonna not even. They're just gonna dismiss it. So it's like I feel like psychedelics work best with people who already have the tools or who are on their yeah. way for uh, right. you know of acquiring like the tools. building the foundation of yes, their mind. You have to learning ask
0: psychology, ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah.
1: Otherwise, it's it. like, you're not going to give someone mushrooms and watch them have a spiritual no. awakening. But here's the thing. <laughs> what can. can happen to the guy drinking that alcohol with the paper bag, the homeless man who has no way of getting the firewood, he can have that trip. He can like go look glimpse. at the tree. Yeah. And he can go like, I never saw this tree before. Yeah. There's a tree yeah. here. It's definitely possible. I've never seen the tree. Yeah. And then he can go for, you know, a, few, you know, a couple of weeks can pass. He can see a saw. Oh, you know what? This could be good for cutting down that tree. And then eventually, they can put the pieces together. But it's not going to be this instantaneous And like any tool, like a hammer, you can use it to build a house or smash it down as well. And they'll probably have to trip again. Yeah. Well, because it's interesting
0: because what really changed my life, obviously, apart from those trips, is that I was going through a transition, quitting my last job and what I was studying, engineering. And then I studied psychology, had this whole new life, a new job, doing all these things, starting this YouTube channel. So there was a lot into it, which kind of solidified that ayahuasca experience. It wasn't just... The ceremony, because most people I wouldn't say have long-lasting change just from one trip, based on
1: from what I've observed. No. If they don't do the work, even people who trip a lot don't have the long-lasting. Yeah. See, so psychedelics are very; they're very fascinating to me because there are people who can trip just for fun, mm-hmm. and for their whole life they can gain practically nothing from it i know a lot of people like insights like like oh there's more to this world but it's no different than someone who believes in science fiction right right like oh there's probably aliens like right so there's some people who just
0: look at symbols like oh look at these tribal patterns and other ones like oh my god when i was eight years old i did this thing and that's why i have this
1: personality trait and like you know (laughs) there's people who (laughs) are going to try to figure stuff out and who are going to learn and grow from it and there's people who aren't and that's why it's a really interesting drug compared to anything else? pretty much anything else because it amplifies your state of consciousness at the time it's interesting stuff it's interesting because it it just it's working with what you give it it's not going to give you things that you don't have it can you know show you glimpses of how to achieve you know or what to do but it's not going to do it for you yeah it really is like when used in a specific way it really they are like enlightenment hacks yeah or spirituality hacks whatever you want to call it they're they're A way to quickly and efficiently access information that would probably take years and years and years, or maybe Maybe even never. For the average person,
0: because remember that some people, you know, grow up meditating their whole life and they're all open to this kind of stuff. Right, So there's always exceptions, but it's
1: very... Speaking for me, I was never... Me too. Going to get to that Uh, point. I I agree. I can't say never, but... At that point in my life, I wasn't asking those questions. You have your head start, like a push, like, there you go. But that's the thing. I'm, I was the guy with the paper. You know, I was the drunk guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I had the trip, and I was like, whoa, there's something here. Mm. This is what I thought. I didn't trip and then get enlightened. My first trip was just, that was terrifying. This is what I thought. I thought, that was absolutely <laughs> terrifying, but there's something there. I feel like I can gain some knowledge or insight from this, and that curiosity. Did you think like that intuitively, or
0: did you like were you studying people talk about psychedelics like Joe Rogan for example oh no no
1: no! that's the interesting thing about my journey I wasn't influenced by anybody right. I didn't listen to Joe Rogan interesting. I, didn't do, I did zero research that's why now I'm the opposite I was the, now I do yeah. so much research I was
0: the opposite except like after my first mushroom trip then I started doing research I mm-hmm. thought it was just oh these are drugs to get high and trip out and I had a very
1: profound experience but did you know that like I didn't even for example no, I when didn't I know. had the enlightening thing I didn't even know that you could get enlightened no, off acid did I, like I didn't have no. any influence saying if you do acid you'll get enlightened so no one put that suggestion in my mm. head that's why I think my story's good because like for some people's stories like yeah I did acid and I got enlightened but I was already reading this book right. and that book and I was already thinking about enlightenment and I was already you know reading you about you had
0: no preconceptions
1: on what this thing like the potential of what could this do. thing can yeah, do I had right. no idea that it could cause such an experience and that just I think yeah makes them look much more powerful to an onlooker yeah, but they cannot there's a they're a double-edged sword oh I have experienced well. both sides they can be terrifying yeah. they've caused hell but anyway right. we'll go to that after your I'm right at the yeah, end of this yeah. finally that's what happened. Yeah. I had yeah. these experiences in New Zealand and while I was in New Zealand, I was like, my point of coming here was to decide what I wanted to do and I stopped thinking about it for the rest of my life. I just thought, what do I want to do right now? Let's mm. focus on what feels good now. And I had, it was due to the enlightening experiences, that's when I started researching them. So I was like, okay, now because I've had these experiences, I I went on like a crazy binge. Like, when... Like so I would be binge? like I would be called someone who's been diagnosed as ADHD. Yeah. Um, whether you believe in it or not, that's, that's know, a whole other thing. I whole other thing. thing. So, yeah. But what a lot of people have this in common who have ADHD is when they're really when they don't care, which is usually everything, they don't um, their focus is really all over the place. But when they're really into something, they get this laser focus where it's obsessive compulsive and it's all they can do. So I was so obsessed with learning absolutely everything I could about psychedelics. It was all I did was read. Was learn was read different compounds. I I built up this incredible knowledge base where I didn't know a single person who knew just you know obviously with Wikipedia you can learn everything right. but just off the back of their head or who even had the experience like anyone can read what a compound can do but not anyone has the the personal experience to really talk about certain pitfalls or dangers of right. the drugs that you only learn from having yeah. experience. So I was like I have this knowledge and I need to get it out. I can right. help people, and I saw that there was nobody relatable talking about this stuff. There was this girl who I know if I don't want to like insult anybody, but she just didn't look relatable to me. Like she didn't look like someone that people could watch and really learn from, beyond yeah. just the same as reading a Wikipedia yeah. article. Like she knew her
0: stuff, but like from an outsider perspective, it might not have looked the best.
1: And from a marketer's perspective, I saw this big hole in YouTube. There was nobody doing this stuff. And I was like, okay, first of all, I love talking about this stuff. All of my friends are pissed at me. All my friends... I lost a lot of friends, by the way. Just because they couldn't relate to this new Adam. And the ones that I kept were so tired of hearing me talk about drugs. And I literally said to them, you know what, if you guys are tired about me talking about this, I'll find someone who isn't tired. And so I made the channel. I was Mm. like, it was hard because I thought for the rest of my life if this makes it big my face will be attached to being the drug education guy or being the the you know the drug safety nice. guy whatever the hell I am Genius. but i was like somebody uh-huh. needs to do this somebody needs to shine a flashlight on this little area which is actually a massive area and, and like uncover it it's like i've been used for eons by the way that's the, what's that like psychedelics have been used for eons They're so it's like forever. That's the, yeah and i thought specifically someone needs to help people not make the same mistakes i made because mm. obviously having the drug friend i was an idiot right. and i figured a lot of people are going to be like me like i didn't in the beginning Ooh. i didn't want to read wikipedia i didn't want to read Arrowid. i just wanted to do the easiest route and i thought what's the easiest way To help people be safe with their drug use. Make a video. Right. You don't need any intelligence. You don't have to read. No. You can just sit there and watch and veg out smoking weed watching a video. So I was like, this is missing because no one wants to put their face on it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to make these videos. Um, And the stigma needs to be destroyed cuz at the time again psychedelic warrior phase <laughs> i i was just seeing the benefits i mean i could at the even in the beginning i knew they could be dangerous but you swept them under the rug right like no i still made videos about dangers i've always tried to be more balanced but it wasn't until more recent times after having you know in the beginning it was like i had these tons of positive experiences and a few nasty ones mm. and then as i really pushed it when i should have taken a break i mm. saw the dark side and i'm glad i hilarious like you had an
0: actual bad trip because i used to say there's no such thing as a bad trip which is bullshit there is definitely i had similar to
1: tom where i had to be literally the same i had to be held down by friends because they thought i was going to hurt someone or myself so i saw the dark side and thank god i did because now it gives me the best stance i have a balance i this isn't bullshit i have a balanced view 100% Mm. balanced non-biased view which is great and here we are so here we are that is the massively long story of what (laughs) led to starting Psych Substance. And its success was a total surprise. Like, I didn't start it. It blew up. Your first video was, like, viral as. Yeah. Yeah. Like, millions of views within, like... Crazy. It's like the universe says, Good job, Adam. Good job. You're listening. You finally listen. Mm. (laughs) We will reward you. (laughs) Listen more.
0: So, it was... Would you say it was more to reduce the social
1: stigma behind it? That was like the main reason. In the for beginning, it? in the beginning, I'm talking about. We're talking about three years ago. It was both. It was both. My personal focus was definitely more to the stigma, stigma. but it was always both. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how that's wavered is now my main focus is the harm reduction, hmm. because now I see the bigger picture and I realize in order to destroy the stigma. First, we have to reduce the amount of harm that not just psychedelics, that all drugs are causing. Right. Because if they cause less harm, then more society is going to look at them as, you know, safe, not dangerous things. It's always
0: one guy that ruins it for everybody else.
1: Yeah. It happens, man. It happens. Anyway, I'm totally like just used up after that (laughs) answer. (laughs) It is 11:40 now. Wow. Wow. It's It's already been an hour of me talking about one question.
0: That's awesome, though. You had some pretty heavy experiences, and this is where we share some similarities, and psychedelics can be... its very... The experiences are very polarizing, for sure. Like, you can either have the most divine, amazing experience, or really terrifying one, and anything in between, but I have a very, like, extreme personality, so I've experienced kind of both ends of the spectrum, personally speaking. Mm-hmm. And they can be...
1: They can shake you up, and... Or more than shake you up, they can kill you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's happened. I've had, like the retreat that I went to the first time around, even though it wasn't from psychedelics, it was from a tobacco purge. But it happens, mm-hmm. even through ayahuasca, because ayahuasca is like, it's so profound and very healing. Don't get me wrong. This is was like my substance that I preached the most. But I feel like it has more dangers than, let's say, mushrooms or LSD, just because. Even just from the fact that it's two ingredients mixed in one, you don't know what you are getting. Every retreat's different, and as soon as money gets involved, there is no regulations on ayahuasca, by the way. So you can have, you can open up. You know, let's say Johnny has a profound trip. He's like, you know what? I am going to start an ayahuasca retreat, and then you've got this guy who has no experience, doesn't know what to do if someone has like the most horrendous experience. Because you've got to realize that a lot Maybe of... Maybe Johnny has a business sense and like gets customers. Yeah, yeah that's one, bad. No, but there was a documentary on this, you know, he was like a Wall Street guy. He opened up an ayahuasca retreat center and he just left them by themselves to drink in the tent. And he had a few people like wandering off, dying. They had to shut off. And it's happened a lot of times. But my point is that there's no regulation in the ayahuasca tourism. And there's a lot of charlatans that flock. It's like, hey, there's money here to be made. That's why a lot of traumatic experiences happen. Because, because you, they don't know what to do. Well, that, and you've got a lot of retreats that don't have, like, first aid training. Mm. Just really simple things like that. Mm. Some retreats are, like, a four-hour boat ride deep in the jungle. So, if shit hits the fan and they need to take this guy to the hospital, you know what I mean? So, yeah. that's why you got to really do your research if you're going to do that. And
1: It sounds terrifying, to be It's
0: honest. one of those things. It's like It's, like having a heart surgery and just going to any surgeon that you find. You've got to do your research, man. And this is like psychic surgery in a lot of ways. Because right. you're opening yourself up to all these dimensions. And right. some people take advantage. See, I've
1: never been to an ayahuasca retreat. So, we've got a difference there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can be pretty full. But, and you, it's in the dark as well. See, I'm just not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Absolutely. not interested. It's fair. San Pedro was a lot more beautiful. Because it was during the day... It was like you're seeing mountains
1: similar to New Zealand. Actually, mm-hmm. feels like you were in Lord of the Rings. It was really cool. Have you had any? Oh my god! If I wanted to do a ceremony, San San Pedro is the way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's not necessary. Like you can do it with the shaman, and they do have it there, but it's more like you do an opening ceremony, and that you kind of just do your own thing, so I which see. is good. Like you I know see. what I mean? You don't have you don't have you can just kind of go off in the corner if you want to, and just.
1: It's interesting sitting here listening to you talk about these substances. Um, It's also interesting being on a trip with you uh, because we've been sitting beside each other a lot in the car. Mm. Um, Anyone watching, we're in a van and yeah, the way the seating has been for most of it has been, I've been driving like 85% of the time. I've been driving, Tom's sitting beside me. So Tom, if he wants to talk to someone, he's pretty much chatting to me. (laughs) And for someone who says they never want to trip again, he sure talks a lot about psychedelics. Because they're fascinating, and I will continue to talk about them. Yeah, it's just interesting that you think that someone who had such terrifying experiences or who was so put off by them would, like, you know, want to maybe gain some distance. But but no, you keep them pretty close. You talk about it a lot. Well, it's more about the lessons and stuff like that
0: that I've learned. Because it's a good psychological tool to kind of just swim around in
1: your psyche. Yeah, find it. I don't know. That's not the vibe I get. And I'm not trying to influence you or anything. Just the yeah, vibe no, that's... I get is you're, you say you're, you're done and there's no lessons there. But it seems pretty obvious to me that there's still something for you to explore there. Maybe just not yet. And I don't want to say this because I'm aware of how we can influence others. I don't want to influence you and get you like, oh shit, no, I don't want to visit that. I'm too scared. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Maybe in 20 years. Like, who knows? Who knows? Um, but from an outsider, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just your fascination. It just seems to me like you're not totally done there. Maybe. Maybe it's once you've had like your mind blown open and you've seen that beauty, maybe you'll never be totally done.
0: Because hmm. the only thing that kind of makes me wary about like at least going back so soon is like, I don't know about you, but every psychedelic trip that I have, it's like the boundaries between what I don't know expands. So like, yeah, yeah I learn more, but then no, I don't, like, oh, don't, don't know.
1: Don't know. My, my advice as the drug safety guy, which my only credibility is just how many people enjoy my channel or who say they've learned from me, is don't go back anytime soon. Mm. And that's not like a challenge to you. I'm not saying this so that like you'll be like, oh... I no, go no I'm, good. I'm good I know you're not I'm just I'm more so saying that for people watching Right um, But yeah you're de- I think you're definitely right in taking a break If I want people get the message that they should take a break like I did myself all the scary it's, stuff happens when I've, you don't listen I've ignored that message yeah, Me too that's, And that's when the scary stuff happens It is Like listen to the message Even if you don't believe in like the universe giving you messages it's your body For example your body tells you when you're full If you eat a lot of food and you're full Your body will tell you, if you keep eating, you might puke, Mm. right? Or you're just going to get really fat and hit your life eventually. So listen to your body. It knows best. And it depends on where you are because
0: it's like, yeah, sure. I've done a lot of work on myself, but there's so much to go. I need to work on my foundation. Like I thought I was more, I'd say spiritually advanced than
1: what I thought, but it's like, dude, you got so much fucking work to do. You need to be humbled. Are we into the recording? You can see on the audio, know, right?
0: 1 hour 20. Oh, we're almost
1: to the end. We could always do another one. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll we, we could do a Skype one if I'm not so crazy busy. Because <laughs> um, one hour, it's already getting to be long. Yeah. You like to give them at an hour and a half, right? Yeah, an hour and a half to a, I, I bet you most people are going to be like, No, make this longer, make this three hours. <laughs> um, but logistics come into play. Yeah, of course. We could also record the second half somewhere else. True. That's possible, too. We okay. can watch this back, but right. let's just, just try in get case to let's just let's
0: just pretend that this is the last one. Alright. Um what has been your experiences with the more terrifying trips? And I'm I'm not just talking the the challenging ones that's like scary at the time, but then you realise like, oh wow, I learned this about myself. I'm mm-hmm. talking about like the true fucking terrifying one that shakes you to your core. What has been your experience with that?
1: I mean videos talking about the experience. Be more specific.
0: Like what was because you, you had a really traumatic trip before, I think it was your last trip before we had, uh, you know, our first collab. Mm-hmm. How was, like, how do you think that went wrong and how did it affect your life afterwards?
1: Well, it largely went wrong because I tripped with the intent to prove to myself that I could still trip. And I was tripping with two uh, friends, one who I didn't really know very well and the other friend who I had, I didn't see that often. And, like, you know, when you don't see right. someone that often, you lose touch. You don't feel as comfortable around them. So the and, setting wasn't right. And these two guys were all... They were good friends, very supportive, super proud of me that I was having this success on YouTube, and I was making my living doing what I love doing. Um, so it wasn't about that. It was mainly my own shit. I went into it thinking that I had to well, prove to myself and them that I was the psychedelic dude, that I could handle mm. this. Because I had a few trips before that that went dark, and they made me think like, okay... How could I be this guy on YouTube who talks about psychedelics and who wants to destroy the stigma, but who himself personally is struggling? And which was a contrast because in the beginning, when I would trip, um, I I would take very like you know a decent dose. I was never like a crazy warrior where I took over the top doses, but I could handle myself. Like if I was in a group and other people were kind of freaking out, I was always calm. I was like the the rock of the group. I was always able to help calm other the people down. up. Yeah, even while tripping, yeah. I always like if someone else had a problem, I would be there for them. Yeah. So in my mind, I was—I gave myself the title of the guy who could handle himself, right? Right. And then once you start this channel, now it's like there's a whole bunch of other people that you've never met around the world, and just knowing that you. Right. That they've given you this title of like... like you're you should the, be able to handle this stuff yes, better. You're like the, you've got the to handle this stuff. guy. Yeah. And the funny thing about psychedelics is as soon as you put those expectations out there... At least for me. I can only speak from my own experience. Yeah. But once I put that into the world that I'm the guy who can handle himself... I'm the psychedelic dude that, you know, I know what to do. I can manage bad trips. Um, well, first of all, I got arrogant. And I didn't follow my own advice, my own rules of like, you know... When it's safe to trip, when it's not. Because... Even though you're preaching these rules, the ego started building back up. The spiritual ego built back up, and my spiritual mm. ego, spiritual ego, thought that I was the dude who could handle himself. And so it's like now the normal rules of set and setting don't really apply because I know how to handle myself. Sometimes that happens. Like you dissolve your ego, and you're like, yes, I've killed the ego, but then it just comes back sh- stronger. Right. Some, if you're not careful. Well, so that's what happened to me. Yeah. I, I started believing. I put on a new mask. Yeah. So I stripped my mask, and then I said, "Oh, this is a pretty one. Let's wear this yeah, one for a while. It's yeah. sparkly. It swirls. It moves when you look at it. This is a pretty one. It's the trippy mask. Yeah. It's like I'm the dude who can trip." Um, but yeah, you soon learn that that's not true. Uh, in hindsight, though, had I just followed set and setting, I probably wouldn't have had the bad trips. Like it was because of that ego, and I thought mm. that I could trip even when it wasn't ideal. And my intent, my intent during, you know, the terror trip where I have videos about, it's called Worst Trip of My Life, um, during this experience, my friends had to physically hold me down because I was just a blank slate. Mm. I was like in pure psychosis. Yeah, it scary ter- place It was terrifying be, huh? in the sense that I actually can't really remember fighting them too clearly. Very, very faint. It was scary in the nice. sense that I was just blackout gone. Yeah. And like, I'm afraid because I'm thinking, like, when someone's in that state, what they could, you know, easily... Like, I wasn't trying to hurt people but I could have hurt myself mm. so easily I could have easily indirectly hurt people by running into traffic and like my body hurting their car because um, you're, you're not there the driver's you're not there. gone it's scary yeah. when the driver's gone because the car's still going yeah. and it doesn't yeah. know when to turn and it's going on like 100 k's an hour yeah it's going faster but anyway no, no, no. I had that experience um, obviously again I've learned looking back how I could have prevented that but it showed me a lot it taught me a lot about what safe use looks like. Um, personally, that was difficult to get over. I can't even say I'm 100% over it. I don't mm. think I'm... I'm not going to make up a percent like Tom. I'm not a professional <laughs> percent maker-upper. But um, I am definitely You just have not, to practice one day. One day yeah, I, I can, can practice can. making yeah. up my percents yeah. in the spot. I'm not 100% over it. <laughs> it's a fine art. Um, but for yeah. the most part, I, I've learned a lot. I've u- I've But more than 50%. Sure. I've managed to use that experience experience (laughs) as like a springboard to better my knowledge base and to understand psychedelics on a different level. Um, So I'm grateful for it. Uh, Yeah. But the funny thing is that's definitely not the reason why I don't trip. The reason is I don't have the calling right now. Yeah. And that's not like my ego making up excuses. Like I can trip. I I have. I just don't have the calling. And I have so many responsibilities. Um, But again, yeah, I think it's a commitment to have a trip. It is a commitment. It is a commitment. I mean, just time. Like, you, it's a full day. I could see but... myself committing to, like, one trip a year right now. Like, yeah, maybe that's pretty... making the time, like, even though I'm so busy. But I could, yeah, not more than that. <laughs> it is a commitment. But anyway, what was the question again? Oh, just about your bad trip and how
0: did it affect you. How it affects you. Me. And you got, but you think that you're mostly over it, right? It
1: took a year, though. That's yeah. the thing. It happened over a year ago. Yeah. Well, it's like mine. I'm not completely over it, but I'm at least tip scale so good you're getting there yeah you're getting there uh, like for example if i were to think about tripping now after it um wow i guess you could really see it all as positive because i would be so much more safe i haven't mm. been even when i have done it like with doses with my environment with how i feel um much more strict oh yeah I, I would fully abide by the rules and I no longer think I'm special so, yeah. I feel like we all need that every once in a while just an experience to show us that we're not special <laughs> like, spirit, not to put yeah. us down no, no, but no, no, so no, that no. we can get a better perspective on like but we're human as well
0: because like the ego likes to convince itself it's special and it's like th- the stages that a lot of people go through that fucks have, you up you, first you you're ignorant then you have the spiritual awakening but then you realize you have the spiritual ego then you need another experience to kind of knock you down you're like oh wait I'm actually not special and I should be more humble mm-hmm.
1: I, I I can only speak for myself, but... No, I have exactly <laughs> the same things going on. I'm definitely so much more humble. Whereas before, sometimes the humbleness was like a disguise. Now it's like I'm... Yeah. I'm actually humble. It feels good being humble. You know why it feels good? Because you finally get to drop all those expectations. Yeah. Like when you're not humble, you secretly have so many expectations that you yourself are trying to match just for your own knowledge. Not for anybody else. At least for me, it was no. just so I could know. Because I still secretly had that bit of me who had to be the tough guy. Yeah, yeah, Had to yeah. be the dude who can yeah. handle more than others. Like, it was still the ego, even when I thought I killed it. Just it in different like, ways. It used spiritual practices to strengthen yeah, the itself ego in that still way. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but yeah. amazing now. I've got this awareness about yeah. the ego that I didn't have. I've got this awareness about myself that before I didn't have because the ego was too big to see it. So it really, what happens is initially, even when you have, a lot of people get into spirituality then they think that anyone who isn't spiritual is less than them yeah they won't say it but they're thinking spiritual it. superiority so it's like the ego's yeah. so big it's like uh, blocks out the sun imagine you're the sun it is like a total eclipse and then assuming you know you have bad luck like tom and i or good <laughs> luck you could actually see it as and you get these experiences that crush you the ego finally starts shrinking and you can finally get a glimpse mm. Uh, what it really is but it's like before that you're so eclipsed you can't see it it's impossible to see like you would not even know the a... sun's there No. and then when it shrinks oh now I can see the sun there we go there is something back there I didn't even know it whoa <laughs> and you like... got this cool awareness and um, it is it's freeing in a way because it's the expectations that I used to put on myself that yeah. were so draining of my like life less, force less baggage man less energy I don't have to pretend to be the tough guy I don't have to pretend to be you know amazing and yeah, everything just be be adam well not even adam i can just <laughs> no, yeah. be just be yeah yeah
0: but anyway we have to wrap this podcast yeah. up. Yeah, i think that was a good note to end on yeah. um whether or not because we our do a friends second... need this room yeah sleeping whether, whether or not we do a second half uh doesn't matter but we'll definitely do a future skype yeah podcast yeah no so good way to end to make it, it happen. Yeah. good
1: podcast actually We yeah, covered some cool shit yeah. I'm exhausted that's why right,
0: because the first time it's like I asked you all the same shit that people expect kind of thing so that's why this time I learnt just to oh, this is going to be very
1: interesting I'm excited yeah. to watch it back it's going to be good you just need the right title <laughs> where are you going to title it but anyway let's we'll talk about this
0: um, but thanks for coming on man it's been good it's been a crazy journey and at least this time I didn't I'm not leaving with an existential crisis. We didn't have to do drugs. Because that's the thing. Was like, oh, we should do this drug experience. But anyway. Now, yeah, no, no no drugs. We didn't yeah. have to meet up to do drugs. Nah. Life is a drug. That's a, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm, I'm
1: collabing with you. People are like,
0: but they're not tripping anymore. It's like, you can you don't really, have to trip yeah. to collab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why someone's like, oh, but if you don't trip anymore, you shouldn't talk about psychedelics. I, I think this is like.
1: more interesting than us tripping together, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Plus our other stuff. But anyway, thanks for having me on this was awesome
0: yeah it's all good man check out Psych Substance support him on Patreon like, share, subscribe and all that jazz I'll leave all the links in the show notes I'm going to do it's an clear intro clear
1: that we're both exhausted yeah I'm going to do
0: an intro for this so but
1: anyway let's give them the room back yeah Good right. night.